Blog Talk Radio. by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Joel Cowlehead of SatanService.org in sunny Forestville. And today, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Condiment of condimentconsulting.com in Mission Diego, Viejo.com. California. This week, we welcome a special guest, Miss Miranda of Miranda Tarot of Instagram from Minnesota. She's brought our today's topic of applied kinesiology for muscle testing. Take your calls and offer advice to address ameliorate and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phone after the, top, the tutorial today, but let's first catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurant. Ms. Kat? Hi. Well, that was interesting. That's what was I would call the slow-mo intro. <laughs> but very smooth, but very smooth. Very smooth, very slow and smooth. I love you, Sheba. Thank you. Um, it's um, one of those uh, shows where we actually, um, I would say we kind of overlooked something vital here. About half of the country is off celebrating the 4th of July weekend. So we have very few people in the chat, and we're thankful for everyone who is here. We have a wonderful guest, and good thing we archive these shows because mm-hmm. about a week from now someone's going to wake up and go oh my god i missed it because i was eating hot dogs but this is a <laughs> really cool show that we have planned and uh, we'll get to that in a minute what have i been doing this week well i've been working on the 2022 hoodoo heritage festival scheduling i've been doing typesetting for the flyers that are going to go into every goodie box for um people who attend the virtual festival they will get a an actual mailed box in the mail and in it there will be actual paper flyers but they'll also get pdfs of those flyers so they can download them and in the box there will be about a hundred dollars worth of um, spiritual supplies books and oils minerals you name it it'll all be in there so that you can follow along with the workshop so don't be daunted by the 
get-in price of tickets because you're getting a $100 kickback in goodies when you buy your ticket. Now, the other thing I've been doing, and this is kind of funny, when our guest, um, Miranda, uh, brought me this topic, I started to discuss it with her, and I realized that, um, as sometimes happens, being older than a lot of people and having been a teacher for a long time, that I had a lot to say on the topic. So I have written a webpage which is going to be um, called out in the chat. It is at Readers and Root Workers, but it is not published on the main page, and I haven't finished with the illustrations yet. So um, what you're going to look at is kind of an unusual thing. One of my web pages in progress. Please excuse my typos. And this is um, something that we're going to talk about today later, but that's what I've been doing this week. That and, you know, um, cursing the Supreme Court of the United States under my breath every time I open <laughs> You and me. Yeah. So, um, Conjurman, what have you been doing? How have you been cursing them? <laughs> well, let's just say you, I, you and I have been definitely cursing up a storm. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, definitely a time for righteous work, I say. Uh, and curses are definitely righteous against the corrupt. So I'm with you there. Uh, it's been quite busy uh, on my end, but busy in a good way. We're starting to to feel the heat of summer. You, uh, Northern California is relatively cool. I think you you guys survived the heat wave that was last week, and things are starting to settle down. But it seems to have moved now and shifted, and it seems like half the country is seeing massive heat waves. So we're definitely feeling the the heat of summer right now. In regards to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, we've had a little bit of a, a change, if I can just announce, if it's cool with you, Kat, um, that I, I'll actually be attending the Hoodoo Heritage Festival this year. Um, wasn't planning on it earlier in the year, but we've had a little bit of a, a change. So if you are interested, I'm going to be presenting uh, my very famous three-part technique. For those of you that have been uh, following on the radio show, know that I'm fond of breaking down spells under sort of three parts in order to achieve the sort of goals. And I'll be presenting on that topic and sharing sort of my secret technique and how I organize spell work and altar work uh, for everyone who attends. So it'll be really cool, and I'm very excited to join uh, the lineup of stellar presenters. I've done Hoodoo Heritage Festival before. Uh, this was, I think, the first year in a couple years that I, I wasn't going to be there. But things change, and it looks like a good change out there. Um, so if you're interested, definitely sign up. Uh, we have some amazing presentations. I know uh, Clifford is presenting. I know this cat is presenting. We have some amazing, amazing topics this year. So looking forward to seeing everyone at the festival. Well, thank you for that. See, I'm I'm like that was like the day before yesterday, <laughs> right for <Yeah>. me. <laughs> but you're so right. And uh, there's been a couple of changes in the program, and I do want to announce them. John Saint Germain will be giving a presentation on matchbook and matchbox mm-hmm. spells. And this is a, a, an interesting thing because he had worked up this presentation for this year and then there were other people who said well they wanted a chance and so he 
you know, he he's such a good guy. He said, I'll just step back and wait a year. Everything's done. I've even got the matchboxes already printed. Mm. <laughs> it was all done. But he said, I'll, I'll just hang back. But then uh, some people dropped out, as always happens every year. And he stepped in. He goes, mm. hey, I'm ready to go. And what a trooper. Like, And here he is, right? So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, John is one of our most popular teachers and a, a really good presenter. And um, we've had another slight shift also in the discussion panel on the crossroads. Ms. Robin has dropped out, and Sister Girl has taken her place, but it's musical chairs because um, Michael was going to present about crossroads deities in the African tradition, and Ms. Robin was going to do atypical crossroads, like where a railroad crosses a road. <clears throat> but as this girl came in, she's an initiate in an African uh, diasporic religion, so she took that slot, and Miss Michael said, oh, thank you, and moved to atypical crossroads, which she knows oh so well. So um, just a little musical chairs there. And um, it's going to be a wonderful panel discussion on crossroads. So that's kind of all the news about that, um, again, just go to hoodooheritagefestival.com and you'll see all of the latest updates. Also, within the next day, two, three, Deacon Millet will be opening up the Hoodoo Psychics Reader's Tent and you will start to be able to book readers at the festival. So as those of you who have attended know, the festival workshops are one hour long. It's about a 45-minute presentation and a 15-minute Q&A. And after that, there's a half-hour break. During that half-hour break, you can sign up to get a reading with any of the presenters who are doing readings and with other members of AIR and Hoodoo Psychics Mm -hmm. who are there just to do readings. And um, these readings are at a a nicely discounted price, so just check it out, and you can um, go and get those readings. So uh, don't think it's only workshops. There's also a lot of other fun to be had, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing you all there. Okay. Whew. Well, today, um, uh, Miss Miranda um, Tarot has uh, graced us with her presence, and I'm so happy to see you here. And I found out that you are calling in from a family Fourth of July gathering. So thank you for going above and beyond, and welcome to the show. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Um, We're definitely in upstate Minnesota, uh, not super northern Minnesota, but uh, definitely above the Twin Cities. And uh, I was worried about my coverage here, but it turns out to be okay. Hopefully I'm okay here. You're just wonderful. You You sound bright and sharp. So, so, uh, Miranda, before you start the topic, give us, you know, one or two sentences about how people can reach you and what kind of services you offer. Sure. Um, I right now just I really really utilize um, my Instagram account and word of mouth. But if anyone wants to get a reading with me, you can go to Miranda Tarot, which is an Instagram account, and you can send me a direct message there. Um, and if you know me by word of mouth or anything like that, I do have like a, a large, a pretty large following from uh, that. So I have a lot of people texting me weirdly from the East Coast. That's kind of a big thing. So I kind of work on the text and direct message level. And, you know, with time and with, uh, you know, when I'm not fighting the Supreme Court, 
uh, I will <laughs> probably give myself some more resources <laughs> for reading, but that's kind of how it's been able to manage it along with a uh, full-time job. All right. Well, like yeah. many people with a full-time job who read on the side, it's a good um, it's a good side career because you know people retire, people get fired, people change their mind, and reading if you've built it up and have a clientele, you'll be there. And I'm really looking forward, Miranda, to you graduating from the Hoodoo Rootwork Correspondence Course and at least joining Hoodoo Psychics, if not AIR, um, and you can then uh, you know, make yourself available when you have free time, and that would be wonderful because I know you're a popular tarot reader, and we'd love to see more of you. All right, well, our topic today is a topic with more names than it probably should have. When I was a kid, it was called muscle testing or, well, depending on who you were, it was called kinesiology or kinesthesiology. So kina means motion, um, ology means knowledge of, so it's knowledge of motion. And kinesthesia has that esthete thing in it, which is the sensation of motion, the knowledge of the sensation of motion. But <laughs> those words also are used by physical therapists and medical practitioners to talk about the study of the movement of the muscles and joints. So the word applied started being used, applied kinesiology or applied kinesthesiology. But applied doesn't make a lot of sense. I would rather call it spiritual kinesiology, but nobody does. So that's what it is, or we can just call it muscle testing. Some people call it manual muscle testing or self-muscle testing. But with all these names, it's not really optimal for search engine optimization. If you go out and look at muscle testing, you'll find a whole lot of pictures of, of EMTs with people flat on their back on a gurney and they're raising their leg to see if they have a broken leg. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a well-known but um, badly named uh, folk practice. And what it is is a form of divination in which you read your own body or read a client's body, or as is often done with folk practices, you coach or instruct a person on how to read their own body. And that's the takeaway. They can go home and do it themselves. It is free. You have a body. That's it. That's all you need. No tools, no nothing, just a body. It's a bit um, similar to dowsing with your hand in which you don't use a, a pendulum or a dowsing rod. And some people can do hand dowsing, um, some cannot. If you can't do hand dowsing, this is actually easier, and there are many, many ways to do it. As with any folk divination or folk magic practice, it's like asking somebody, how do you make chocolate chip cookies? And there will be many, many, many recipes. So I have put together a page for um, air. It's not yet on the main page. Anyone here, I hope someone just posts that link again, um, um, can see what I have written about it so far. And there will be some pictures. I wish I had all the pictures up yet, but I ran out of time. So what you're going to see when you go to this page, category, muscle testing, applied kinesiology, applied kinesthesiology, will be important pictures and um, that will help you understand what we're talking about. 
Okay. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Miranda. Okay. So I found this um, this technique without realizing the name of it, Miss Cat. So that's kind of how we fell into this together was that I mentioned the idea that when I do readings for people, I often have senses, like um, my senses kind of work overtime, or I'll even, when pulling tarot cards, I use my ring fingers to help me select those things based on sensations I receive on, in my ring fingers. And everyone has, you know, maybe their preferred type of, uh, you know, body part that can symbolize something, but it is something that helps me select. And I had just mentioned that to you and Nagashiva, and you actually came came with way more information than I was prepared for. Um, and I loved learning about it in this, you know, these past few days with you and discussing it because I just had not, um, you know, in my, in my short time on this earth, I have not gone as deeply into some of the, the um, testing mo- like methods and, and uh, protocols. So I think I learned quite a lot from that um, versus what I've been taught as um, a child or, or I've seen from other people or even how I've just kind of figured something out on my own. Um, the other thing I, I just wanted to reiterate or, you know, emphasize this is that I do look that this is a free method. It's a, you know, there's a lot of barriers to getting into certain things and getting tools and getting, um, you know, even the lesson to you. This is something that if you have Internet access, you could learn it. Or you could probably learn it from your family because your family might have a way of doing this. And I found that, um, when it comes to how we can w- remove barriers for people's access to spirituality or even divination for themselves, I think that's a really um, rewarding experience. Just I've been poor, so I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just learn from someone who knows how to do it. And um, you and I had a wonderful Zoom meeting. And I think, what did we take, maybe two hours? And it in, was, yes. It, it was two hours of Zoom. And in two hours, I had you doing like seven or eight different forms of muscle testing, and you found out which ones worked for you and which ones didn't. This morning, Absolutely. I was. I learned something I was, new. Yeah. Yeah. This morning, I was having my usual weekly call with Deacon Millet. He and I meet for coffee every Sunday morning, and I said, "This is our topic, and it's so cool." And I wrote this page, blah blah blah. And he and he goes, "Well, tell me about it." And I I said, "Well, you know this method, the O method, the the double O method." And I said, "You know, uh, smooth and sticky." And he goes, "What's smooth and sticky?" And even he, who knew about many forms of muscle testing, had never heard of smooth and sticky. I said, "Here, give it a try." And he goes. Oh my God! It worked. <laughs> and, uh, that one—it's—that one blew my mind. That really—I just—I'm sure you saw the look on my face when I was like, oh, yeah, "It worked." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so great. there's always a new method to learn, and I'm not—you know—the be-all and end-all. I ended up with ten basic styles to, uh, on the web page that I wrote, but each one of those can break down, or most of them can break down into two or three or four. Um, further styles. So I'm going to bring a conjurement in this. Conjurement, have you ever used muscle testing and do you know what it is? Yes, I have. It's not my go-to method, but this is a really old, old form of divination that is one of those styles that has completely been sort of forgotten in modern practice. Uh, And it goes back to the idea that divination is not necessarily as people think it is 
when we talk about divination, we are shaped so much by our modern sensibilities that even the language we use is telling. We say divination system. That there are a set of systems that you fall into. When in actuality, divination is a holistic worldview. It's about omen reading. It's about whether you're looking at the omens in the sky, you're looking at the omens of the clouds, you're looking at the omens of the birds, or the omens on your body. The entirety of the world, including your own body, can give you signs from the world of spirit because the physical and the spiritual are deeply intertwined with one another. And with physical, we don't just mean, ah, that bird there is a messenger from the gods. We mean, quite literally, your muscle is intertwined mm-hmm. to the world of spirit. And so this is actually a very old form of divination. It's very, very popular, or it used to be very popular in the Turkish world. In the, Perkish, in the, in the Persian and Turkish world, it's called ikhtalanama which is a type of, which literally means the spasms of the body, the meaning of the spasms of the body. Ikhtalanama is a type of divination that's done by looking at the twitches, muscles within your own body. And it's really, really cool. I happen to have uh, a manuscript when when you mentioned that we're doing uh, these muscle readings. I quickly went to my library. And fortunately, I have organized enough that I was able to pull one of the books off of the shelf. This is a book that is uh, from the 14th century, uh, and it is so quite ancient, and it lists, it has a massive table on it, and on this table, it tells you where the twitch happens, on the right side or on the left side, and which body part, and what that omen means. So uh, this is unfortunately an unnamed manuscript. It's just called Ikhtalanama, which means the uh, spasms, of the, the meaning of the spasms of the body. Uh, but it doesn't have an author or anything like that. So, for example, it says that uh, if you have a spasm or twitch in your or a muscle movement in the right side of your cheek, that health shall come to you uh, swiftly. We'll translate that swiftly. If, however, the right side of your butt cheek, your buttocks, is the muscle that moves, you will be met with difficulties in your uh, actions. Then we have, uh, for example, uh, let's see here, something particularly good, shoulder. So if the left side, if the right side of the shoulder Older, you have a movement of the muscle. This will bring to you wealth. If, on the other hand, the right side of your whole foot is where your spasm is felt, you will buy a horse. <laughs> so you can see, this is a this is a this is a 14th century text. You can see some of the I mean, I clearly contextual. I'm going to go look for a horse now. Wow. <laughs> But that is, this is interesting because this then filtered in. So this is the specialized text that the practitioner would use. A practitioner would have this text available. They would open it up, and then they would do interpretations for themselves. This would allow them to incorporate this method along with other forms of divination. So as you, for example, mentioned, uh, the twitches that are, or the fingers that are used for shuffling and whatnot. Same thing in geomancy. As you're doing geomancy, which generally involves the casting of dice or the uh, writing down of numbers, the dotting of, of uh, numbered dots, so like you just quickly make these lines in the sand or on paper, and then you count them. 
the spasm of your hand, the feeling of your hand, the feeling of your fingers, the feeling of your arm, the feeling of your body, as you do that, adds further interpretation, things about whether something is truthful or not, whether it's a lie or not. So this is what the professional would do. But this also filtered into popular practices. And so we have a series of folk practices around the body in the Middle East. So it starts in the Turkish world and then kind of filters into the Persian world. In the Persian tradition, if the right hand, if your right hand is scratchy or twitches, money and wealth will come to you. If the left hand twitches and spasms, money will leave you. If your right spasms or you have a muscle twitch or you feel your muscle there, then you will go on a journey or travel. If the left foot, however, does that, then a guest will come traveling and visit you. And Almost everybody from the Persian world knows both of these, these four things. The two hand, the left hand, the right hand, the left foot, the uh, right foot. Even if they don't necessarily read the Ikhtal they know about at least these four particular muscle divinations. So you can see you, how this is a really popular and ex- uh, accessible form of divination, and it's very, very old. You know, this is also found in in uh, hoodoo and in other folk magic practices. Yes. If your right hand uh, uh, itches, you're going to get money and so forth. Um, exactly. This is, there's a, a kind of an interesting thing going on here with um, observational muscle reading and yes. deliberate muscle testing. And so I'm going to exactly. uh, talk about this for a minute because on this webpage I have not yet written much about um, – believe me, this page is not done yet – I have not written yet about um, muscle um, reading as observational omen. But I do yeah. want you – and the people are asking you um, to uh, please put the name of that book in the chat. People want to know how it's spelled. Okay. And is it available in English? No, it's um, unfortunately available in English. Well, it, uh, how about you translate it, baby? This is, this you, is, you were translating it on the fly. Uh, yeah, it was very halting because it's actually medieval Turkish. It's medieval Turkish, so my translation was very halting because I was reading it alive. <laughs> hey, the only man I know who can sight-read medieval Turkish on the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's a skill. That is a skill. That is a skill. But, um and, yeah, well, um, honestly, Onyx, though, Onyx Rose in the okay. in the chat, Onyx Rose said, "I'm only aware of the right hand, not the rest." Yes, but I know also that if the left hand itches, you're supposed to lose money. That's I was taught yep. that by yep. both um, oh Irish Americans and Black Americans. Both. I mean, it's pretty common yeah. belief yeah. that one Very hand common. takes and the other hand releases. Um, I'd like to get into um, uh, Signy DC talks about. Um, uh, the the sway technique and and Sydney, if you go to that page I wrote the sway technique is there and what we're going to start with is the idea about what technique you want to use so mm-hmm. I'm just going to start off with this um, the first question is where does the information come from and as you go through these techniques, I want you to think about, does the information come from God or the divine, or does it come from within you? And if it comes from within you, does it come from your bodily systems or your subconscious mind, unconscious mind, or unaccessed memories? 
all of these theories have proponents, and some people can hold on to more than one theory at a time. But um, one thing I was taught by a guy named John, um, he taught me that if you're doing one of these techniques and you have um, your finger like in an okay gesture, right? You know, making a circle, and you're going to test by seeing if your finger can break that circle or if the circle will hold. If you hold your hand upright, your uh, middle finger, ring finger, and little finger pointing up, and the circle more or less vertical, that is to ask for information from the divine or from the universe. Mm -hmm. But if you turn it and rotate your wrist and use those three fingers to point with, and now your circle is horizontal and you're going to stick your finger in and break the circle, you can directionally choose where that information will come from. And the example he gave me, he was going to be planting some beans and he pointed toward the field and he said, should I plant red beans? And he got a no. The circle Mm. broke. When he put his finger in and pulled, the circle broke. When he asked, should I plant white navy beans? No. And then he asked, should I plant pinto beans? And he got a yes and he went out and planted pinto beans. And as he described it, this was he was standing over the beans and he had beans in his right hand that he was using, um, holding it in his index finger, pulling that circle apart. Um, Then he put those beans down. He did the second kind of beans, the third. So it was cooperation between the field and the beans. Did the field want the beans? Did the beans want the field? So he was accessing information not from his own body, but from the universe at large. So the question of where does the information come from is about the same question that anyone would ask if they say, where does the pendulum information come from? And some people right, have the, right. the idiomotor response. In other words, some twitch of your muscle will make the pendulum move. Now, how you do it, and I'm going to do that, and then we're going to get into some of the techniques. First thing is choose a comfortable position. Just Most people will sit or stand with their legs uncrossed and take a few breaths. Some people will bless the work of their hands, and at the end of this show, Miranda is going to give us a, a technique for doing a hand blessing. Um, then you're going to test your yes and your no, and this is the most important thing. It's very similar to when you have a pendulum. You hold the pendulum and you say, are you a good little pendulum? And it says yes or no. You say, pendulum, will you work for me today? You know, Or whatever you're going to do, you're attuning yourself to the pendulum. In this case, you're attuning yourself to your own hands or body. So um, you test any of the systems we're going to talk about. You test by saying, am I your own name? And it should give you a yes. And then you ask, am I another name? And it should give you a no. And to really get an emphatic no, you should use a name of another gender and it's often good to use a name of somebody who you dislike and never want to see again. And that will give you a really strong no. And once you've done that, you know you're you're good with that method. But I always do it each time just to start, to, you know, because I'm starting from a cold start. And um, they, some people use what's called a witness sample. And this would be something you hold in your hand, either the hand that's making the the divination gesture or the other hand and the witness sample can be um, anything it can be a a name written on paper it can be um, a bean or a a handful of beans it can be 
um, the um, a tarot card of the person who you're reading for as represented by a signifier card. And the last thing I want to say is that there are mnemonics, which I have to say I've um, taught these for years. People always say, well, once I learn these techniques, how do I remember which is yes and which is no? And we're going to get into the techniques, but the mnemonics are real important. They are two old gospel songs. I shall not be moved, and will the circle be unbroken? So you're going to try to move or change your hand position, and if it moves, that's a no. I shall not be moved is a yes. Or you might try to break a circle that you form with your finger and thumb, and Again, will the circle be unbroken? That's a yes. And the no is the broken circle. And there's one other technique, which is to sway. It's called sway, swing and sway or stand and sway. And there was an old Dean Martin song, few people remember it now, called Sway With Me. And that's how you remember that. It's about um, how to remember that swaying forward is a yes and swaying away is aversive. So that is my intro. Now I'm going to take, turn this over to Miranda, and she's going to go through some of the methods that are used. And you can try these as you go, okay? Take it away, Miranda. Okay. So um, is it all right if I kind of start with the one that I'll be using later for our, our, our reading time, I guess? Sure. You start with whatever one you want. All right. So I actually, when it came to, like, the, the circle and circuit, I definitely um, – even in Girl Scouts, we sang um, um, the circle's round, it has no end, like, that's how long I want to be your friend. Like, it was just kind of these things that you would mimic with your hands, and it's not mm-hmm. ASL or anything like that. But, again, it's about the strength of this circle, the strength of this bond. So I actually really liked when we were talking about this because I hadn't realized that it was, you know, doing the circle, um, doing the circle with your hand. You had showed me yesterday that if you wanted to have a really strong answer, would be to do so by putting your thumb and, I believe it's your thumb and forefinger together, or sorry, mm-hmm. you know, your thumb and, thumb and your little. index finger together on your... Yeah, thumb and, thumb oh, and no, index little finger, finger is, it's, it's little and thumb and little and, finger is the weaker, yeah. Right, and then doing so on your non-dominant hand, so you'd have a very mm-hmm. clear sign. You can start with your dominant hand, and if you have a clear yes or no, by breaking the circle with a, you know, with your regular index finger from your left hand, but if you wanted to double check the logic or to make sure that you really feel certain about that answer, or if you wanted to go into deeper questions like, should I do this, yes or no? Is -hmm. is this next option better or whatnot? You could do it with your non-dominant hand. And one thing that you had told me about doing the the circle with your thumb and pinky finger on the non-dominant hand was to use your most weak, so using your non-dominant hand is weak, but then also using your weakest finger, your pinky finger, from your dominant hand to be the thing that breaks the Well, um, or, the if you want a really, or, or if you want a really strong test, you use your strongest finger on your dominant hand to see if it can break your weakest circle on your non-dominant hand. And then if it can't, you know it's a solid yes. So I use my index finger on my right hand to try to break a circle made with my little finger and thumb on my left hand. Now, I want to say one more thing about this. Uh, when you do that, again, you have a circle, and you can go in from outside or down or however you want to do it. Everyone does it differently. I was taught 
to use that circle horizontally primarily and to come into the circle from outside the hand. So now I have my little finger and thumb in a loop on my left hand. My fingers are pointing toward my computer screen. My right index finger comes up uh, like a snake coming up out of a hole, and the back of my index finger is where that uh, join is between the two, and then I try to pull it through and break the circle. And so I will ask a question. Is my name Catherine? And it will not break. It just won't break. And now I'm going to ask, is my name John Hewitt? And it breaks because I don't want to be John Hewitt, and I'm not John Hewitt. So there you go. Well, um, and what I liked about the approaches that you had talked about with this was that something I use my ring fingers when doing my readings with tarot cards to help kind of like dowse or choose. But I like doing, I practiced a little bit more yesterday, and I really like using the ring finger to my thumb because those mm-hmm. are, that is actually my ring finger feels weaker. And we had talked a little bit about this yesterday, but I really noticed my muscle weakness even mm-hmm. before I start to ask a question. I can tell when there's something, not foreboding, but there is something about it that is changing my demeanor already. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, my I'm, I feel most connected to my ring fingers um, instead of my pinkies. So it's kind of interesting, but I definitely, I like that we went through the process and then I was able to realize like, well, for me, this, this one works, but I do love that there's so many opportunities to well, I, use and I'm going to throw in an, I'm going to throw in another one. Um, I was taught also by, again, I've asked everybody, do you do this? How do you do it? I was told if you use your ring finger in your thumb, Use the ring finger and thumb of your left hand because that's your wedding ring finger, and you can use mm-hmm. that when you're asking love questions or questions about marriage because there's an old uh, traditional belief that the ring finger has a vein that runs all the way to the heart, and so that's why the wedding ring is put on that. So that is sometimes reserved by some people just for asking about um uh, love. The middle finger is in palmistry called the finger of duty, and you could ask questions mm-hmm. about duty. The index finger is called the acquisitive finger, and you can ask questions about money with that finger. So, and, but not every not everybody parses that finally. You know, these are things that again, some people just only do it one way, the way that their grandma taught them, and that's it. But I like to vary it up because I've learned so many methods, and I I give them all it. Try. So, um, uh, Nagashiva has just informed me that we we're still talking. We only have one sign up for a client uh, due to the um, uh, Fourth of July weekend. So we're just going to keep talking about this. If that's okay with you, Conjure Man. Mm, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to the next one. This is the double circles or the O-rings. So this one is less common, but those who do it really like it. I don't like it myself, mainly because I don't like the way it feels. That's just me. Um, You take the first finger and the thumb of one hand, and you link it through the first finger and thumb of the other hand. And you can also do it with the little finger and thumb of each hand. You can't do it really well with the... uh, ring finger or the middle finger. It gets too bunched up in there. And you pull the hands apart to see if one or both of the circles break apart. And the one thing I learned about this, although again, I don't like the physical sensation of it, but there is an added bonus form of divination. 
Either one finger's circle will break, or the others, or both will break. If the left, or, well, I shouldn't say left, if the non-dominant circle breaks, the person who taught me said, oh, well, it's just fate. And if the dominant one breaks and you get a no, it's a loss. You will have a loss. And if they both Ooh. break, it's just fate and a loss. <laughs> so, um, But as I said, again, it depends on how you feel about this. And again, the mnemonic for this is, will the circle be unbroken? All right, well, how about, uh, let's talk about weighing. Can you get into that one, Miranda? I, this one is, I think this one's fascinating to me because it's something that, um, well, you and I had talked about this a little bit yesterday, but um, some of this I'm wondering is how much is this is your um, your knowledge, your experience, and and what you're coming up to, or does or is this the witness sample when you are mm-hmm. coming up with your answer? Um, I feel like you have some good examples here um, to talk about, though, especially um, if you're willing to talk about um, the guy with uh, sure. I think crystal balls. Yeah. 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 Well, um, yeah. Um, this is a, a technique for weighing things. You stand or sit mm-hmm. comfortably. Some people hold their hands out, um, out, outright. I can't do that. Um, and they will put something at their hands outstretched. But most people, like you see in the picture on the web page, will bend their elbow down and rest their elbow on their hip more or less. Um, and then they can put something in their two hands. And um, the weighing method is one of my favorites. And I was um, really made, I mean, I knew about it, and I knew people who would come into my shop, and they would say, should I buy this candle or that candle? And they'd hold them in their hands. You can also have it so your hands are forward, where you could actually see them both, not out at an angle, but um, forward, and your again, your elbows would be on your hips, but you would be like holding two things. Um, I sometimes compare this to the um, Two of Pentacles card in the Tarot when you mm-hmm. have your hands out at an angle. And so, um, but I have a friend who um, sells crystal balls, and he comes by and and sells us crystal balls, and he has the price on them that he believes to be the retail price. And he goes from place to place and he sells these festivals and stuff, but he also sells them wholesale. So the normal wholesale price is what's called keystone markup. It's 50% of retail. And that, you know, pays for your labor and your rent and everything while you're housing this thing, while you sell it or shipping it or whatever you're going to do with crystal balls. They're very heavy. So he's prepared to give me a 50% discount. That's normal in this business. But every once in a while, he'll have a bunch of them, and I'll want them all, and I can't afford them all. And I say, can you do better if I take all six of those? And then he will take them and put them in his hand and weigh them. And he will either weigh – he doesn't necessarily weigh two. He may just weigh one. And he'll start to see if his hand stays firm, the price is where it is. If his hand goes down, he will lower the price. Now, that means that his no, what would normally be no, is submission. And no can often be submission, not nicks-nicks. It doesn't always mean no. So he says, yeah, I can take this down. And then he'll he'll call off the numbers. I can lower this 2%, 3%, 4%. 
5%. And when you get, you know, eventually he'll say, that's as low as I can go. Or sometimes it'll just stay there and he'll go, can't lower it. It's not going to go anywhere. So that's another way to use weighing. It's different um, than weighing two things, like should I take this brand of vitamins or that brand of vitamins? Love that. Mm, that's fascinating. I also, really fascinating. I also think, like, you know, when you're talking about the brand of vitamins, in some ways, like, I don't want to completely dis- deter off the topic, but, you know, good vibes, bad vibes, or this feels right. This feels like a mismatch. There's, mm-hmm. I think we all have those kind of senses. It's just about how often do we practice them? How often do we listen to them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the weighing one um, is something that maybe I'm not paying attention to enough, but at the same time, there's things I pick and certain things I don't pick. So I mm-hmm. love that one. Mm. Can yeah. I share well, uh, one, a swaying technique here uh, that well, I think is that, quite we're not interesting? No, 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 no. We're still okay. going through right. fingers. Right. We're going through fingers. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Um, this is this is this has meaning to get through the fingers first. Um, so the next one is what I call the little animal. Some people call the finger lift. So this is a really odd one, uh, not as common, but I love it. You sit down um, on a chair, and you put your dominant hand on your leg, on your thigh, with your middle finger just about like touching your kneecap. Okay, it um, it helps if you. I have naked skin, but you can do it with clothes on just as well, I'm sure. You now lift up your middle finger. And so it's like you're kind of giving the world the finger there, right? Middle finger comes up. And now you raise your hand until your thumb and first finger are almost touching and your ring finger and little finger are touching. And now you've made a little animal. And the little animal is like an elephant or an anteater. And it's it's you know, got its little head and going down, little proboscis going down. Now, this little animal is, there it is. It stands nice and tall. You take the fingers, all the fingers of your non-dominant hand. Now, in my case, my little finger is so short, I only can really put three fingers over it. And you try to press that middle finger down to make it submit, to make it its head fall in shame. And you you would ask your question, your test question, is my name Catherine? And that finger just sits there. It's not going to go nowhere. And I say, is, is, you know, my, uh, is my name John Hewitt? Down it goes. My name is not John Hewitt. And this method is very unusual, but it works just as good as the other methods. Little animal. Then we get to the scissors method. How about, Miranda, do you want to take that scissors method and talk about that one? Yeah. Um, so this one, um, and I'll work off of the website on this, but uh, with your thumb, hold down your bent little and ring fingers and stick up your first and middle finger, kind of like you're saying, you know, like the V backwards, um, like a blessing sign or peace sign, but backwards, and spread your index finger and middle finger apart into a V. And I'm saying backwards because you'll rotate your wrist so that your palm faces inward, like you will see the V, um, the, the inside of your palm. Uh, then, once you do that, uh, like a pair of scissors and about to make a cut, you want it to stay in the V. With the thumb and the first finger of your non-dominant hand, try to close the scissors. Um, and so this one, when we tried this out yesterday, I was pretty impressed by this one because, again, my muscle weakness for me really shows a no answer. 
So I'm, I'm pretty strong-handed. I work with my hands every single day in my job. Um, so asking myself, is my name Miranda, that V stays really clear. But if I ask, is my name John, they're just limp. They just go together. And sometimes for me with this one, um, I don't always get a full close. Like the V doesn't completely shut down, but there's definitely weakness. And I think that there's almost like a, a level that you can read in that of how truthful something is or untruthful or, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, there's certain ones that are a clear no versus there's a weakness there. So you're, you you're right. You're, you're absolutely right because the others are yes, no. The circle, breaking the circle, that's a yes or a no. But the scissors is like degrees of yes and no. That's really a good uh, distinction between the scissors and the other methods. Absolutely. The next method is called holding your own hand. And now this one is kind of odd because many people think, what do you mean holding my own hand? You can take uh, your um, hand and put your other hand around your wrist. You can either put it so that your palm is over the back top of your wrist and your fingers and thumb come around your wrist, or you can put it so that your palm is under your wrist and the thumb and fingers come around the top. Either way, doesn't matter. Another way to hold your own hand usually takes your dominant hand and you just hang it so your fingers, you're just you know, kind of flopsying it, and your fingers hang down, your thumb off to one side. You then take your non-dominant hand and you hold and press your fingers from the second knuckle down, as if your fingers were cold and you were going to warm them up. Your thumb rides across the back of your knuckles and your other fingers are inside clutching the fingers that are hanging down okay so that way you hold it and then you with that one you're not asking a yes or no so much is looking for twitches and um, with all of these holding your own hand gestures it's a deeper form of reading it's not just such a quick yes no so you might say to yourself um, do I want to have a cup of tea and you hold your hand and your your hand will either like jerk or say, yeah, I want to give me that tea. Now, this relates to this Arabic method that contraband was mentioning in which the hand is, the right hand is uh, acquisitive. And so if my hand gives me a, yeah, I want that tea, it'll move and I'll know it. The same thing will happen if I'm holding my wrist. It'll sometimes twitch um, and tell me, you know, what's going on. So that is holding your own hand. It is not as popular because it doesn't give a firm yes or no. But again, the idea is I shall not be moved. If you are holding your wrist and your hand is out, um, stretched out flat, and I say, um, you know, do I want a cup of tea? And my wrist just stays there and my hand is out there. It's like, yes, I do. But if my hand begins to droop, and it will, it can sometimes it'll just go completely limp. Oh, no, don't need a cup of tea, you see. So, again, you're watching the whole movement of your hand, starting with the fingers and then going all the way down to the wrist. Okay, now we get to stand and sway, otherwise known as sway with me or swing and sway. And I know contraband's been patiently waiting. <laughs> I have. This is, a, this is a technique from the exact same book. So you have a, a section of omens that are the spasms of the body. 
and then uh, more intentional. So the observational uh, of muscle twitches and then intentional. And the swaying technique says that if you're going to ask a question about yourself, you put your right hand on your uh, belly button with the fingers pointed down and the left hand you hold up. So this is a sort of supplication, palms upward. And then you ask and you put your, plant your feet firmly in the ground. You ask your question. If you sway from side to side, the answer is a yes. If you sway back and forth, the answer is a no. So this is interesting, slightly different, I think, culturally um, from, from how we interpret it, uh, swaying or, or the movement of the pendulum. If, however, you're, if, if someone else is asking questions or speaking to you, you must flip your hand. So the left goes on the belly button, fingers down, and the right hand sort of stands up. This, I'm assuming, was done in sort of a really quick uh, court culture. So the king or someone would ask a question, and then the diviner would just quickly put their hand up their belly button and then do this swaying technique to get yeses or noes. Um, it says this can be used to test information, which means that if someone comes and is giving you news, you can ask very subtly uh, your body if this news is true or false using this technique. And so the subtle swaying of the body back and forth uh, or front to back would indicate whether the news you're receiving is honest news or uh, duplicitous news. So this is a, a swaying technique, and it's interesting how the hand is used here uh, and flipped for different uh, questions, but that the swaying remains the same. You sway back and forth, and you sway forward and back. So I'm going to ask Maybe you... Um, Oh, can I, can I, I told Sorry, you to get a clarity here before I, before I um, hit the send button here. So in this method, swaying left to right is a yes and front to back is a no? Correct, yeah. Correct, okay. This chords with pendulum magic. As everyone knows, yeah. you make your own so-called code for your pendulum or train yeah. your pendulum. Many people, most people, use um, forward and back as open road and uh crisscross across your chest as closed road, so yes and no. Clockwise for uh, maybe, counterclockwise for wrong question or I don't know. But there are many, many people who who have either linear versus circular for yes or no, or they might have exactly the opposite of what I just described, exactly opposite. Your personal code with your pendulum is yours to make and, and keep. And so in this um, sway technique, it's not important that it was a different choice. It's that a choice was made. Right. So the and these choices are also cultural too, right? The way we nod and shake our heads. So, for example, yeah. we shake our heads to say no, but many cultures shake their heads as an agreement. That's right. right? Yeah. Whereas we nod <laughs> to agree. So this just indicates that we're looking at a 14th century text with a different culture. We're swaying side to side here is, the, is like so slightly different from our the way we understand pendulum, but I think you can easily use this technique and then stop like a pendulum. What is my yes? What is my no? Yeah, you can adapt it to your own method. The the classic human pendulum uh, swing and sway is um, that you will uh, sway forward to something you're attracted to and sway backward to something you're averse to. So the way I was taught to do it is you take your two hands and you put the item in your two hands and you can bring it up sort of at heart level or stomach level if you're going to eat it. And you would say, for instance, you might be holding this beautiful brass 
chameleon tape measure that cost an ungodly amount of money, and you would say, do I deserve to own this? And your body just leans right forward like, yes. Um, of course, oh, if you want to know whether you should buy it online from Coppertist Woo, you can um, take a picture of it from uh, print out a picture of it and put the picture in your hand. You know, you know, and say, should I should I buy this? Yes, yes. I'm already leaning forward, just holding an imaginary picture of it. <laughs> so oh, that's how great. that that is how that's done. Okay. Um, may I speak a little bit about a little bit around the rhythmic motions that? Yeah. Um, and I guess this is, you know, in a lot of cultures, including with children, and the things that we do to calm a child or rhythmic motions that help us get into that um, pattern or even to a meditative state, this, uh, this stand and sway, swing and sway, those are all things that I think could really get you into a place to be receptive, to understand how your body is moving as, it, as its own pendulum. Um, I think that's another part of this is like being really in tune with your body and giving yourself the space to really listen and notice what your body is um, gravitating towards or moving and answering to. And the last thing I'll say about it is we always say, trust your gut. There's a whole lot of other things around um, that. And Ms. Kat definitely gave me some some knowledge that is pre-Civil War (laughs) on, um, on that. But you know, when you say trust your gut, and you can always listen to your head and your heart, but you don't always have to trust it. Like they say, sometimes anxiety is the feeling in your shoulders or in your chest versus the feeling from the center right around your belly button or so, depending on, you know, everybody's different. But that's something that is really strong for me. And it's not strong for everybody, but it is something that I can sense with. And um, I find that really interesting. But yeah, I, having I don't. Your belly button is interesting. Yeah, yeah, I don't have that gut feeling. I, I get every once in a while feel my vagus nerve twitch. That's about it. Um, but the idea that the um, solar plexus is the abdominal brain is a very ancient idea and has been, um, you know, revived in modern medicine. Again, this is an observational rather than an inductive divination. You observe it. Mm -hmm. And very often um, those feelings cannot be induced, which is why people will go to muscle testing. So the next one is the uh, finger-thumb rub, otherwise known as smooth and rough or smooth and sticky. This one, you take your index finger and you rest it very lightly on your thumb. And I want you all to try this. Rest it very lightly on your thumb and you can um, move it back and forth. Ask your test question, you know, who am I? Am I Catherine? And your finger should be able to move smoothly. But when you ask your false question, it'll stick and become jerky. Oh my gosh. And we've run out of time. Amazing. Well, before we before we go to our our uh, client, I just want to say you can also do distance reading with kinesiology, and you can also do what's called muscle reading, which is not the same as muscle testing. It's also called Hellstromism or contact mind reading, in which you touch the hands of your client and read their muscle twitches for them. Okay, and that concludes our program for today. Let's go take our client. Thank you. Oh. Support for this this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent 
readers and root workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take today's client. Today's client is Kay calling back after 10 years to our radio show. She's calling from London, England. Kay, are you there? Hello, yes I am. Hi. Can you hear me? Thanks very much for calling in and for trusting us with your situation. Kay indicates that she has re- had had readings with Miss Cat or Conjurman on other situations and that things have changed since then. She says that she has been to an African spiritual worker about this particular situation she's calling in today. And she writes I am still with my boyfriend of four years, but I recently met another man on holiday in Africa, and I considered leaving my boyfriend. However, this other man is divorced and says that the way we are now with me abroad and us talking every day without a commitment is best for him since he has gone through marriage and it was hell for him. I was told before explicitly that he not my current boyfriend, is the man for me. What is really going on? Turning it over to you, Miss Kat. All right. Well, I'm going to um, do a reading for you, Kay, um, using our chosen technique of the day, which is uh, kinesthesiology. So I'm going to ask you, to get a witness sample for you, I'm going to ask you, what is your sign of the zodiac? Amy. Aries, okay, Please. and um, and you're a, a a woman, obviously, and I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you a, a couple of questions because I will choose either the Page of Wands or I will choose the Queen of Wands, depending on your life situation. Do you have okay. any pets or any children? None. No. None. And you, neither. Neither. And you are in a relationship. I am. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to ask one more question because I didn't get a clear answer off of that. I'm pretty sure, but I'm just going to ask one more question. Um, wh- about how old are you? Um, 49. 49. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to um, consider you to be the Princess of Wands, otherwise known as the Page of Wands. Um, usually if a person had children, pets, and a marriage, that's three out of three choices, and they were above 35, and, you know, you kind of accumulate these things, we would end up with the, the, the queen. But but you have some, you, you have fewer responsibilities than some people, so I'm going to call you the, the princess. So I'm going to put this card in my hand. This is a, so I'm using a Rider Waite Smith mini deck, so I can actually fold this in my hand around this from, and it won't bend the card. Very convenient size. 
And I'm going to ask some questions on your behalf. Now, I want someone to take these down because they're going to come fast. This is what happens when you do this kind of reading. So the first thing I'm going to I'm not asking you these questions. I'm asking on your behalf, okay? Okay. I have my, my fingers up to the sky because I really want um, answers from the divine. But actually, no, you are to my east, are you not? You're in London. So if I, the quickest way to find you would be toward the east. I'm going to turn my hand to the east. So now, now I've got something good here. Okay. And I'm going to ask the first question. Will the African man ever commit more than he has now? And I get a very kind of what I call a stuck no. It resisted for a while, but it broke. He's he's really holding on to that no. It might be able to make him hold to it, but he's not really he doesn't really want to commit more. Is he the one and only for you, the man you should be with? I'm getting a yes on that. There's something is there there is something between the two of you that is unique. Now I'm going to ask a question about the man that you were with, uh, your boyfriend of four years. May I ask what sign of the zodiac he is? Oh, God. Uh, July um, 18th. Gosh, how have I forgotten? So a, a cancer? Cancerian? Yes, yes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to ask... Ooh, I get um, that. <laughs> yeah, you did, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask the same questions about him. Does he have any pets or children? He has children. He's going through a custody battle. Oh, yes, you mentioned that in the the longer version. Yes. Okay, so he's going to be the king of cups. I'm going to pull that king of cups right out of my deck. Just give me a second here because it's a big deck and it's got a lot of cards in it. And um, this is why we talk while we do it because we just don't want a lot of dead air. (laughs) I probably should have asked that question at the beginning, and the king of cups is going to be like the last card because I'm right at the end. And Oh, my God, it was the last card. Oh, I love it when that happens. It was actually the last card. Okay, so I'm putting your card down now, and I'm holding him, and I'm now asking him, this boyfriend, um, um, will he commit to a marriage with you? And I'm getting a big yes. He's, it's just totally yes, yes. He's he's ready to, um, when he gets his custody battle straightened away and all, he probably will marry you. Now I'm putting the two cards together as a witness sample facing each other, you and him. And I'm going to say, does this relationship have a lot of persistence to it? Will it last? And again, I'm getting a stuck break. There may be some other reasons why this man is not holding your heart and why the African man did. I'm going to go back to the African man. Do you know what his sign of the zodiac is? Uh, Leo. A Leo. Okay. Does he have children? Yes. Or pets? Yes, Okay. So he's the king of um, wands. I'm going to ask one more question with him as a witness sample. Um, and uh, by the way, this is something, this kind of uh, selecting a significator card is something I rarely do on the radio because it takes just a moment while I do it. There he is, king of wands. All right. And I'm going to take king of wands and Princess of Wands, your card, put them face-to-face. I can see why this is a better relationship. Um, and I'm going to ask, 
will magic, I'm making a circle again, and I'm pointing to these, will the use of magic allow you to bring him in to you and make it really work? And I'm getting a yes, so I'm going to recommend that you do some magic. The wands are candles, and that would represent candle magic. Okay, that's my reading. I'm going to turn this over to Miranda. Hi, Kay. Can you hear me okay? I can, thank you. Great. Um, Because, actually, um, Ms. Cat has done a really great job of getting these significant, like, significant, uh, oh, my God, I have such a hard, uh, like, a tongue twist right now. But because she's already identified all three of you in the deck, Mm -hmm. I actually wanted to work a little bit more on timing um, for said Mm -hmm. spell work or even some questions that you might have around when might these things change. And just kind of to reflect back on what Ms. Cat had said, it sounded like, and I actually did um, my ring, I I did uh, my my testing model is doing my ring finger on my left hand and my thumb, and then I use my strong index finger to um, break it because I wanted a really quick answer. And mm-hmm. I got very similar answers to Ms. Cat. So I feel like we can keep building on this. Miss um, Cat, is that okay with you? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So I guess, Kay, for me, I was wondering, do you want to know when the – for both of these men, or not both of these men, but for your current boyfriend will be over so that you may proceed? Or do you want to know the timing around maybe this other person? Um, the feeling I get from this new person is that he's been really upfront with you about what he has struggled with. So this could be something that, you know, he's just saying at this moment in time, it feels that way, but we can do some questions around timing, if that sounds good to you. Do you have anything in mind that you'd like to have this settled by? Um, end of the year? End of the year? Okay. I think that's mm-hmm. a fair assessment. Um, so what I'm actually going to do, I'm going to pull a card, and I'm going to ask some questions with it. I know that sounds kind of strange, but I'm winging it here, and we're going to go for it. So the first question I'm going to ask is, will, will you be settled with your decision um, like, will you feel settled with whoever this person will be? And I'm getting Knight of Swords, and I'm also getting a strong yes. To me, I'm doing my, my finger pull. And for me, Knight of Swords, especially when I'm thinking about putting my finger between the circle and it's holding fast, I don't want a sword to cut through my fingers. I don't want that thing to you know, cut me both ways. I think that that is a sign that you're going to be taking some action. All nights to me reveal action. And uh, especially with swords, those are ideas and conversations. You're going to have a lot of conversations with both parties. Um, And I think that you will be making a move towards one. I also start to wonder, because as you start to make movement, one may fall away. Because you can't go down both paths. So mm-hmm. I do think that it's going to be towards that. So I think by the end of the year, for sure, you'll know where, but also you have to pick a path. Um, I'm going to do a finger test right now around, uh, let's see, should she follow the path with her current boyfriend? I'm getting a strong yes. 
when I do this again, should she follow the path for the new guy? I'm getting resistance, but it's still coming through. It's still breaking a bit, which is kind of like that stuck uh, note that Miss Cat had. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that you need to choose a path maybe with your existing boyfriend is that you might find out things along the way that allows you to make this decision really clearly yourself. You will be happy and making motions in your life by the end of the year. But I do feel that continuing the path with a boyfriend would allow you some clarity of the whole situation. And so that could be something around where you decide to do your root work, um, Mm -hmm. or you could do some root work around clarification and just seeing things more clearly. Um, Would you like to ask another question for me? I know I have to kind of wrap it up here, but is there another question you'd like to know? Um, we got in the relationship, or can I ask something else? No, we're sti- um, we're on this one topic. Yeah, on the relationship. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, what does this the guy in Africa really want from me? Okay, I'm gonna pull a card, but I think because the card will give us our topic, and then we'll ask okay. if this is true. Oh, okay. he wants things to stay the same. I got four of Pentacles. The four of Pentacles is a guy who likes to keep his money where it is. He doesn't want to give it away. He doesn't want to invest, but he also doesn't want to lose any. So he's really happy with the status quo. He's really happy keeping it very controlled. I'm going to ask my fingers. I'm going to do the finger test right now. Does this new gentleman in Africa want a relationship? I'm actually getting a yes. Does does the man in Africa want a relationship on his terms? Strong, yes. So this, to him, is a relationship. This conversation <laughs> yeah. that you guys have right now is the relationship. So he's fine <laughs> with it staying exactly as it is. And All he right. might actually not be bothered by your current relationship because this mm-hmm. allows yeah, him okay. to stay where he is, to keep it under control. And that could be mm-hmm. hard. You know, you don't have to agree with that, but sometimes people do. So this mm-hmm. could help give you some clarity. Does that mm-hmm. answer some of the yes. questions? Okay. <laughs> Great. Right. Okay. Well, let's turn this over to Contraband. I want to say something else about that stuck no. He, I think you nailed it absolutely, Miranda. He wants this to be the relationship, and that's the relationship. He does not want to marry. He does not want to live together. He wants exactly what he said he wanted, and it's the truth. Um, now, whether that's enough for you, you should be able to decide by the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, Shiva asked in the chat, was that a stuck break or a stuck no? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's a stuck no. Let's turn this over to Conjurman, and he's going to give you some spell work. Okay. Yeah, I think you've got uh, some decisions to make, and there isn't a lot of clarity in regards to what it is you truly want. So some part of the work is about bringing clarity and then achieving your goals. Uh, one piece of advice, it looks like one of the boyfriends or one of the individual's birthday is coming up. Uh, don't break up mm-hmm. on a person with a person on their birthday. Uh, so just bear that in mind that if uh, you come to a decision, it's best to do it mm-hmm. uh, soon. Uh, or to wait afterwards, simply because that, that type of will build some sort of resentment. Um, and that's always kind of bad to carry with you. So just bear that in mind. Yeah. It's always a sage advice to be mindful of other people's uh, birthdays when you're making these types of decisions. So what I want you to do is get mm-hmm. basil, bay, and rosemary. 
brew this into a tea, and you are going to add a couple drops of your favorite perfume. Add some rose petals, and then bathe in this. This will bring to you clarity in matters of love. It's a clarity love bath. And so you will bathe in this. Let yourself air dry. Then you are going to get a male Adam uh, figure candle or male figure candle, a female figure candle, and another male figure candle. Name each one of them, one for the current boyfriend, one for the African guy, one for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, write the birthdays on it and then anoint all of them with mm-hmm. Love Me Oil. Set them in a line facing forward, so looking at you on an altar. Light them mm-hmm. and pray sincerely from the heart. Lord Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, grant me clarity to know mm-hmm. what the right decision is for me. Show me the path that I must take. Show me where love leads me. Watch mm-hmm. the candles burn for about 15 minutes. Which way do they burn? Do any flames direct towards each other? Does the wax mm-hmm. melt together or move away? it will give you a very clear sign of who you're supposed to be with. If two of the candles are melting together, those are the two Mm -hmm. that have been chosen together. If one is melting away, that's the person that needs to be sent away. Now, snuff the candles. The next day, what you're going to do is take the two that have burned together, the two that you have chosen, turn them towards one another, the other mm-hmm. one, turn away and make it have one step away. So move it like about an inch away from them so that there's now space. Two that have been chosen together, one that is away. Light your candles. Pray once more over them. Let them burn as you pray. Snuff again. On the third day, take a pin and join the two candles you've chosen together. So pin through. So you're going to need a little bit of a long pin. Pin them together, and the third one, move a third step away. Light the candles and let them all burn down. Burn the chosen ones that have melted together on your property along with that pin. The other one, bury at a tree off of your property to recognize that you are putting that relationship down. You're putting it away. You're burying it. You're saying, thank you. It's beautiful. But now it is over. This will help you to grant to see some clarity. It will grant you some insight. But then it will transition towards also making your dream come true or desired outcome come true. Wow. Love that. Okay. <laughs> I could have used some of that when I was looking at relationships. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're going to have our network schedule announcement from the Department of Emergency Announcers. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. 
all time specific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now, it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Miranda, of Miranda Tarot at Instagram from Minneapolis. Take it away, Miranda. All right. So um, in talking with uh, Miss Kat yesterday in Nagashiva, the idea of a hand blessing is kind of perfect for this show today. Uh, so thank you guys so much for helping me kind of put this one together. So this is in the same way that we consecrate any item in our, in our use or in our spiritual practice as, as a divination tool or something that we, we carry and we carry close. Um, obviously, your hands are, I hope they're connected to you, but um, the, the goal of this is to really acknowledge their power and to feel in tune with them, to feel really good and to really listen to their signals. So to make space to do this, um, I would recommend that you can use a number of things to consecrate your hand, but this could be done with blessing oil. You can anoint your hands with blessing oil. Um, you can smoke your hands like be above some incense and allow your hands to be wafted through it, uh, like a blessing incense. Um, you could also use a soap that uses one of the scents that we can that I'll talk about here in a bit. Um, or you can make a tea from herbs and anoint your hands. You know, everyone's got different needs and different um, preferences. So the idea of using multiple things can always work. There was another one that I actually thought about recently, and I didn't add this to my spell for today, but also the like the – the shaking of a bell. There's been a lot of conversations in our, you know, in the spiritual world about bells and how they really break through and allowing that kind of noise to be made by your hands can also be an alert and an awakening. It's something that allows you to feel, again, in tune and to know the power of your hands. Um, one of the parts that you can do with this as you anoint your hands or, you know, bless them with incense or wash them with soap, is you recite Psalm 9017. Um, I took this uh, version, I think, from like the new King, King James, but it says, and let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is also sometimes uh, one of the blessings that a lot of people receive in hospitals if they're a nurse. Uh, some of the nurses out there probably already know this, um, if they're listening, but there's a blessing of the hands that can be done by chaplains, um, deacons, and, you know, a lot of different religious figures because they understand the importance of nurses' hands. Um, the other thing about this is that the scents in particular are something that you should use that really lifts you up. And I say not just something that feels that you like. It's got to be something that empowers you and lifts you. Um, it needs to inspire you to make motion. So um, I personally just love my own perfume. Miss um, Kat and I were both talking about cologne sometimes really um, sits with you as something like this is me, it's my power, it's my scent, it's my presence. Um, another thing that you can use is angelica root for tea, uh, jasmine, sandalwood is really great, um, lavender, rosemary. And I did talk to uh, my tarot mama, my tarot mom in uh, New Orleans, Miss Ellie, and she actually had a couple others too, which let me pull that up real quick. She was a big fan of holy basil, uh, sunflowers, lemongrass, sage, uh, and rosemary mix. Um, and that's just really sage and rosemary around, like, um, presence and power. 
she also mentioned giving, uh, bringing in tobacco to bring in your ancestors. She also mentioned like Florida water, salt water, things like that. But I don't want this to be confused with cleansing. I want this blessing to very much be about making it yours, about filling the space. This, a lot of people cleanse and clear and banish, and we're not trying to do that. We're actually trying to make your hands feel even more powerful as a tool for you. Um, the last thing I'll mention is if you wanted to tie it to a moon cycle, some people really love that. I would say if you want to grow this talent and grow and see the awareness, start with a new moon when you can visibly see the new moon. Or if you need your hands to reveal, you need something to uh, be shown, and this is, you know, everyone has different things, do this at the full moon. So that's kind of the, the timing I would think about it. Also, we know that the moon really does have a, a pull on our bodies. So often at a full moon, we have a much more um, strong re- like response to, you know, lunar placement and time and all that kind of stuff. I sound a little silly, but I'll, I'll stop rambling here. But that's my, uh, my blessing, my spell of the day. That's really great. And it's really important to explain one more time. I'm just going to emphasize this. This is not a cleansing. This is a blessing. And people get that all twisted. Um, but you should have clean hands before you start. Right. You don't start with dirty hands and then bless them. You start with clean hands and you can just use water. Um, But then you're going to bless them. And if you don't have a liquid to bless them, you can um, just, you know, use the words of the psalm. That's just that's just as fine. And um, by an inspirational scent, I usually um, mean something that smells so good to you that when you breathe it, you just want to breathe a little more. So you go, and then just that little extra inspiration. So it can be roses, it it can be um, uh, patchouli, it can be cinnamon, it can be whatever floats your boat. There's going to be some scent. Jasmine is very popular for this, but it can be your personal perfume. For me, 4711 cologne is good because it dries quickly. I tend to like alcohol-based um, things for blessing the hand because they dry so fast, and that's what I would use. But any any you know white cologne would work, uh, Florida water would work, and those are some good ideas. So, um, Contraband, do you have anything to add to this? Nothing to add, just to say that uh, hand blessings are uh, amazing, and it's not just in uh, kinesiology or in muscle readings that you can do hand. You can actually do hand blessings for any form of divination beforehand. If you were a diviner or if you're interested in becoming a diviner and you work with your hands, hand blessings are great. So something to consider there, uh, that this is not just specific to one form of divination, but actually if you're a tarot reader, if you throw dice, if you throw bones, hand blessings are great. And even if you're not doing divination, blessing on the hands brings fortune in a person's life. So something to consider, really great, great uh, spell here. All right. Well, um, I really want to thank you, Miranda, for bringing this topic in in such short notice, and it came out so, so good. And I hope that everybody's in the chat has um, had a, a nice lesson here, and, of course, this will be archived for all time. I want to give a shout-out to Angela L., Ayusharig, Cyprian-inspired, Dr. Sweet, Fran Marie Tan, 
Grateful Diana, Happy Smiles. L. Patricia, mm, see if I can read this one. Uh, Kemi ba- Bashua, Lightwitch 2018, Mephirim 5781, Mickey MSB1, Onyx Rose, Signy DC, and another one I never can pronounce, Tygav, or maybe it's Tiegov. Um, love you all. Thank you for coming out on this uh, 4th of July weekend. And we'll be back again next week. In the meantime, think about buying your tickets for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's going to be quite a bash. There's going to be uh, 10 workshops. You're going to get a goodie box with a $100 plus value of spiritual supplies in it as a kickback on your ticket price. And there are going to be readers and root workers there to read for you in addition to the workshops, which you've already signed up for. So, um, wow. Um, this has been great, and now we're going to turn this over to Nagashiva, the slowest reader in the universe. <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, Miranda of Miranda Tarot at Instagram from Minneapolis for being our guest this week. We invite you to join in next week when we'll re- welcome Reverend James of Folkconjure.com in North Carolina who will bring us a tutorial on auspicious directions in spell work. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Troll Towelhead, joining you from satanservice.org. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week, live, on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear from the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. All right. Thank you so much. And um, I know we're going to have Miss Miranda on again. We've already gotten people asking, how can I contact her that's not at Instagram? Miranda, you got to oh, do something I... about that. Okay, we got to say goodbye. I'll get on it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.